scriptures tonight and uh, looking forward to what God has in store for us uh, from the scriptures here tonight in Hebrews 11. And uh, I wrestled this week with exactly how to approach the text uh, here for tonight and wanted to cover verses four, uh, verses 4 through 7, but that's not what the Lord's going to allow us to do tonight uh, because there is one thing the Lord just wouldn't wouldn't let off of my heart, wouldn't let off my mind that we're going to talk about here tonight uh, from the Scripture, and I'm looking forward to getting into this. Let me see here. I'm going to ask a couple. Uh, where's our? So let me ask Tyler can help me with this, and uh, Mike, will you guys help uh, carry this whiteboard up on the platform for me while I'm talking here? I'm going to use that tonight, and gonna be a little teachy tonight. I'll warn you about that. Um, because this is a concept that uh, had to dig a little bit deep to uh, get into from the Scripture, but I th- it was helpful for me to understand the difference between two things the Bible's talking about here uh, in the book of Hebrews. And of course, as we just sang in that song, uh, one of the main uh, truths that we learn in the book of Hebrews is how Jesus is better. He is better than the prophets, he's better than the angels, he's better than any man that's ever lived, even the likes of Moses and Aaron. He's better um, because uh, he is God. And uh, one of the things he did for us is he came and he established a new covenant. And in that new covenant, he's the high priest. Um, That new covenant is being administered in a new heavenly tabernacle, not a limited earthly tabernacle. And that heavenly tabernacle, of course, is in the heavens, uh, but he's also established it within your heart when you trusted, trusted in him as your savior. And so now um, God's spirit lives inside of you like the Shekinah glory on the tabernacle. God's spirit dwells within your heart. And uh, uh, you don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to uh, a wonder after you're saved, whether God hears your prayers, accepts your worship, because Jesus Christ has made a way for you to draw nigh to him. And that's the crowning point of what we learned in chapter 10. We learned about Christ's once for all sacrifice, the shedding of his blood that has given us access to his throne. And that's why Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 told us that we can come boldly before his throne of grace to find grace and obtain mercy to help in time of need. And what an encouraging thing that is to know we can talk to God. And wondering days are now done, like this in the song, like we said in the song we just sang. Guessing days are all gone. We don't have to wonder if God hears us. We don't have to guess. Uh, we know what Jesus has said he's done for us. We put our faith in God's word. We know God hears our prayers. And what an encouraging thing that is for us to understand. And, and so now the book of Hebrews gets very practical. Um, a doctrinal foundation has been laid. And by the way, this is a side note, but... This is one of the reasons, again, why I believe God used the Apostle Paul to write the book of Hebrews, because if you study the other books of Paul, he does the same thing. God uses him to do the same thing. He lays a doctrinal foundation in the first part of the book and then relates it to practical Christian living at the end of the book. In other words, he tells us, if you believe these things to be true that God has revealed to us, then this is how it should impact your life. And that is what's happening here um, in this chapter on faith. He's starting to get practical. He's telling these Hebrew believers, now that I've told you 
all of these truths of Jesus Christ, this is how you should live it out by faith. And that's the whole premise of chapter number 11. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that we see demonstrated here for us in the scripture. But there are two words in particular that have stumped me. And I've talked to some of you about these words uh, just to get some feedback on, on your thoughts on it. But I want you to notice what the words are first, and then we're going to look at them, okay? And so look at verse number one of Hebrews 11. If you're there with me, say amen. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For, and what's the next word? By. Now note that, that's the first word. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. What's the next word in verse 3? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. What's the next word? By faith, Abel offered unto God a more ex excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And then we go down through the rest of the, the chapter, and we, and we won't read all of it for sake of time here tonight. But in verse 5, by faith Enoch. In verse 7, by faith Noah. In verse 8, by faith Abraham. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned. Verse number 11, what's the first word? Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed. And we go down through this chapter and there seems like there's obviously a lot more by faiths than through faiths in the chapter. Um, and we see it again in, in verse 17, in verse 20, in verse number 21, in verse number 22, in verse number 23, in verse number 24, in verse number 27. And then it goes back to through in verse 28. And it goes back to by in 29 and 30 and 31. And, and so we see this, this alteration between these two words. And one of the things that has stifled me in the study of this chapter is, is the translation, the difference in the translation of these two words, by and through, when referring to faith. What is the Bible trying to teach us here? And I don't know about you, when I study the Scripture, these types of things really bother me if, um, if I can't understand the difference between the two of them. And what's interesting here is that in Hebrews 11, both of these phrases, by faith, through faith, they're translated from the same Greek word. It is pistis. Um, comes from the root word pistos, um, and it's talking about the conviction of the truth of something. It's talking about the assurance of, of the truth of something. Um, that's the idea of, of, of the pistis type of faith. We've talked about this type of faith before in our study in Hebrews. Um, but the, the only Greek word you'll find in a Greek manuscript, in a Greek New Testament, is that word pistis. And from that same word, the translators in the King James translated sometimes by faith and sometimes through faith. And most of the people I talked to, they said, well, they're synonyms. They mean the same thing. Um, and that may be the case, and that may be the position that you want to take when you look at this passage of Scripture. Uh, but it does seem like these two words are used interchangeably in this passage of Scripture. And yet I believe that God has something significant He wants us to learn through the distinct 
translations of these words. In other words, I believe there's a reason for why we understand that some things we, uh, are, are, are obtained through faith and some things are, are, are brought to fruition by faith. I think there's a reason for the difference that is there. And it's not something I've ever considered before. It's not something I've ever dug into before, but I've enjoyed doing it. And I hope it's a help to you here tonight. Now, let me just stop here to say this, because some of you may be using different translations of the Bible. And it's not for me to tell you what translation of the Bible to use. Of course, we use the King James Version here at Lighthouse. And there are, there are reasons for why we do that. And uh, we're not going to get into that here tonight, but I'll, I'll just summarize it by saying this. There were never a group of men more qualified to translate the Scripture from the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic manuscripts into the English language. You say, well, the other ones are easier to read. Well, there's also a reason for that. Um, those, those men were not near as qualified as men who were fluent in Hebrew and, and uh, some of them fluent in up to 12 to 20 different languages. Um, men who knew these languages, who lived closer to this time period, who had an understanding of how things ought to be translated. And by the way, I just believe that God used them uh, to be able to give to us a copy of the Word of God in the English lang- language. And I believe there is a reason behind all of those things. And so um, what some would write off as saying, well, that's just the way they decided to translate it. I, I believe that I have the Word of God, okay? Listen, and I believe what 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable. I believe what the Bible has to say in, in Matthew 5.18 when, when Jesus told us, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe every word is important. Every word is significant. And furthermore, we're taught in, in 2 Timothy 2.15 to study, to show ourselves approved unto God as workmen that need not to be ashamed. And then it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now say that phrase out loud with me. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I like those two words, rightly dividing. It comes from a Greek phrase that literally gives the connotation of cutting something straight. And when it comes to the study of God's word, God has given us a task as workmen. When we come to the scriptures to cut it straight, to not give our opinion, to not insert our own ideas into the Bible, but to, but to, but to cut it straight, to, uh, uh, to get exactly what God is trying to communicate to us and convey to us and gain an understanding of it. And so it's those convictions that drive me to understand that there's something God has for us in the distinction of these two words here in Hebrews chapter 11. And as diligent students of God's word, who, hey, we believe that every word of God is important. We believe every word of God is profitable. It must behoove us then to note this difference of these prepositions here in the scripture surrounding the word faith and to, and, and to uncover why it is so. Now, I'll be honest, it is a message like this is, uh, quite frankly, if, if, you're, if you don't have your mind engaged, it's probably a little boring. Um, but this is really a fascinating study. And if you will hang in there with me through the academic part of, of this little study we're going to do, there's a wonderful application at the end. And that's what I want to invite you to do with me as we look at the difference between by faith and through faith 
here tonight. What's the significance? That's what I want to labor to show you here from the Scriptures. And so let's bow our, head, our heads together and, and let's pray and ask God to bless our time in the Word. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be able to open the Scriptures. And as we dig into this passage of Scripture, I pray that, uh, Lord, as you promised, that you would show us the profitability of, of this passage of Scripture and these particular aspects of it we're going to bring out now uh, here that, that are repeated over and over again in this chapter. And I pray it would help us in our understanding understanding of what you're conveying to us here in your word. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'll, uh, you'll convey the truth and uh, bring it across the way you want it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, here's the first thing I want you to note down, okay? I'm going to use the board because I think it will help some of us here tonight, okay? We're talking about two different things. We're talking about through faith, okay? And what's the other word? By. All right, you're listening up to this point. All right, good job. Now, any of you English scholars, all right, we've got lots of teachers in here tonight. Tell me what kind of word these, or maybe a student in here tonight could tell me what kind of word in the English language both of these words are. All right. I'm not hearing anybody. I'm hearing mumbling. Preposition. Yes. Good job. Give yourselves a hand. You did a fantastic job. You passed the first test here tonight. A preposition. What is a preposition? All right. Proper definition. Okay. A preposition is a word that shows how a noun or a pronoun is related to some other word in a sentence. That's what a preposition is. And so, for example, we're going back to school. I told you this was a little bit academic, okay? Just hang in here with me. We're going back to school. Um, prepositions show how a noun, uh, how a word is related to another, uh, how a noun or pronoun is related to another word in a sentence. So, I could use a preposition in this way. I could say, Jerry sat on a pew. On tells you how Jerry relates to the pew, okay? I could say, Jerry hid under the pew. You want to demonstrate? I'm just kidding. I could say, Jerry jumped over the pew. Again, it's showing how Jerry relates to the pew. You get what I'm talking about? Um, that's what a preposition does, and that's what these two words, by and through, are doing uh, to the noun. Now, what's the noun? Or what's the word that's being related to, I should say? Faith. Faith is it's showing how this noun relates to the other part of the sentence. And so the thing that's being related uh, to the other parts of the sentence is faith. And that's the, obviously the, the key subject of the whole entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. And so in our text, the word by, the word by tells us how faith relates to something. Look at verse 2. In verse 2, the Bible says, for by it... It is referring back to faith, for by faith the elders obtained a good report. And so here we're finding how the Bible tells us how faith relates to the testimonies of the elders. How faith relates to their witness that they obtain through living lives of faith. That's what it's relating, relating to us here. As we look at verse 3, the Bible says, Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. And so here in verse 3, through is doing something different. Through tells us how faith relates to our understanding of how this world came into being. 
And so there's two different types of, uh, of things that are being described for us here in the scriptures and the different use of prepositions, uh, the different uses of by and through, they convey vastly different meanings for us. And so the argument that they are essentially the same word, they mean the same thing, is an invalid argument. That's the first thing we need to establish. And so God has something distinct. He wants us to learn through the different use of these different words here in the Scripture. And here is what is particularly interesting about the difference between the use of these words by and through. Okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this here. Through, okay, it refers to something. Through rever- refers to a process. So what does through refer to? A process, all right? You all are sticking with me pretty good. We're being a little academic here tonight. Through refers to a process. By, on the other hand, refers to a practice. And I'm going to illustrate this in a moment. But through refers to a process. By refers to a practice. And so in the English language, through is used most often and almost entirely with nouns. That preposition through is is used in relating to nouns. While by is often used with with verbs or or adverbial type of phrases. And uh, for example, uh, if we were to use them into a sentence, uh, we might say something like, uh, we can learn through the Bible. Through is relating to a noun, okay? Um, We can learn through the Bible. Um, On the other hand, we might use by in this way, we can learn by reading the Bible. You see the difference there? Through, just talked about the Bible, by got more specific. We can learn by reading the Bible. We can learn by studying the Bible. We could put a lot of different type of um, verb type phrases in there to describe what we're talking about here. And so this is what these Two words bring us to, and this is a familiar principle, okay? Through refers to a process. By refers to a practice. Through, we could say, refers then to belief. By refers to a behavior. Something you're putting into practice, if you would. And we often put the understanding of this distinction here in this way. Belief determines behavior. Have you, how many of you ever heard that statement before? Belief determines behavior. We could do it backwards and say behavior demonstrates belief. What I believe, I will practice. And by what I practice, I show what I really believe. Through faith, we come to understand the truth of God. And then as a, as a matter of coming to faith in God, uh, by God's grace, but through faith, that is a faith that we put into practice. We come to faith through faith, but then when we come to faith in the Lord, we begin to live by faith. That's what the scripture is beginning to convey to us here with the use of these two different prepositions here. And so let me make this statement to you. You will not act upon that which you have not accepted. You will not act upon that which you have not accepted. If I were to say to you tonight, 
There's a fire in the back. If you believed me, thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> she believes me. <laughs> All right. If you believe me, you'll be getting up. Someone might go grab a fire, fire hydrant or a fire extinguisher and don't grab a fire hydrant. That's not a good idea. A fire extinguisher and, and the rest of you be hightailing it out of here and going and calling the fire department. If you think that, if you believe me, it's going to impact your behavior. You know, I wasn't telling you the truth, though. You know, I'm using the, you know, I'm using this for an illustration. And so you did nothing. You sat there. And, but when we truly believe something, it impacts how we live. Like, for instance, many people truly believed they were going to die from coronavirus. And so they went and bought up all the toilet paper at the store because they were sure, they were sure that that was going to save them for some odd reason, okay? All right? I still like using that. I don't know why. I don't think I will ever stop using that. Uh, probably 50 years from now, I'll still be using that, and some teenage kid's going to be like, what is he talking about? But uh, there it is. But our belief does affect our behavior. Now, here's where this relates to uh, something that uh, hits close to home for us, okay? So we can conclude that you believe through faith. Um, we could say you believe through the process of faith, and then you live by faith. You live by the practice of faith. So we believe through the process of faith, and then we live by the practice of that faith. These are important principles to us, for us to understand the distinction in here. So now I want you to take your Bibles from Hebrews 11. We're going to come back there. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2 because I want you to see what the Bible has to say to us about this. Ephesians chapter 2. Now to be fair, there's actually the Greek word dia that is used for the word through in Ephesians chapter 2, whereas it's just the, it's just the Greek word pistis that is used. That's, uh, the, our English word is inserted in the translation. It's not directly written into the Greek language. Um, but the translators, in understanding the context of, of the phrases that were being written, uh, they put through and they put by into the context of Hebrews 11. I'll set that aside. But Hebrews, or, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture, and before I read it, don't, don't tune me out. Let me ask you this question. Are we saved by faith or through faith? Now it's getting practical. Now it's, okay, what, what, how was I saved? All right. By the way, I'm not trying to get you to question your salvation by this, okay? It's a technicality. But are we saved by faith or are we saved through faith? What does Ephesians chapter 2 say? Let's read it out loud together. Verse number 8. It says, For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I read verse 9 too, I think. But, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith. So I ask you the question again, are we saved by faith or through faith? According to what the scripture has to teach us, we're saved through faith, Right? We're saved through faith. And so here's what we can conclude. It is not our faith that saves us, but the one in whom we place our faith. That is what saves us. You understand, there's a faith movement today among charismatics. And they're, 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 they're attempted to be convinced in some circles that 
You know, if you, if you don't believe hard enough, if you don't believe strong enough, then you're not really saved. Well, if you just believe more, then you'd be healed. If you just believe more, then all these things would happen for you. And some of you came, came out of this, and uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's almost that faith is exalted to a place of becoming the thing that is our salvation. We are not saved by faith. We are saved by what? Grace. Through faith. And there is a distinction in what the Bible has to teach us. This is what one man had to say about this. He said, we are not saved by faith or on account of faith but only through faith. It is not faith, but the atonement which faith accepts that satisfies the justice of God to bring us salvation. And I love what he had to say on that right there. And so the Bible tells us that it is by the grace of God that we are saved. Uh, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says. That, uh, uh, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It's unmerited favor. It's God giving to us that which we do not deserve and we could never earn. And never was grace more on display than when Jesus hung on a cross, sacrificing himself for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that is the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's something we've learned very much about in studying the book of Hebrews and all that Jesus has accomplished for us. A once for all sacrifice that has forever sanctified us, that has forever set us apart to God. And we rejoice in that truth. And we thank God for the security of our salvation. But we understand that salvation has come to us, not because of our great faith, but because of his great sacrifice. And it is by his grace that we are saved. And that's Jesus doing for us what we don't deserve and we could never earn. It's by his grace we are saved. And then it is through faith in Jesus' finished work that we come into possession of that salvation. So it's through the process of faith we believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And it is by that principle that the Bible teaches we come to salvation. Now, here's an interesting thing about that faith. Look at Ephesians 2.8 again. For by grace are you saved through faith. What's the next punctuation in the, in the verse after through faith? What's that? Semicolon. All right. And uh, let me get there myself to make sure I get this right. Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith. There's a semicolon there. Um, uh, and that, and that, not of yourselves. And uh, so here is an interesting thing that took me a while to learn about the Bible. Sometimes in the functionality of how the uh, King James English was written, semicolons operate more like colons in their functionality uh, of the English language, and, and the colons operate uh, more like a semicolon would in a sentence. I don't know why that is the case, um, uh, but that's something that I've come to figure out in my study of the Scripture. But I'm getting technical here, and I shouldn't do that. But for by grace are ye saved through faith, and then it's carrying on the idea of faith, and that not of yourselves. Now, what is that referring to? It's referring to the faith. For by grace you're saved through faith, 
and that faith, not of yourselves. Oftentimes when we read that verse, maybe you're like I was. I I memorized this verse. I've known it for years. But I often think of that phrase as talking about works. Okay? For by grace are you saved through faith. And that it's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm thinking, okay, it's not, it's not, it's not up to me uh, to work my way to salvation. It's a gift from God. And it's not by my works. No, but there's two ideas being conveyed in that verse. And the, what the Bible's saying is, is by grace we're saved through this faith. And that faith is not of yourself. It is a gift from God. The faith is a gift from God. And so we find the Bible's teaching us here that faith itself is a gift from God. And it doesn't come from ourselves. In other words, hey, you just can't sum up enough energy and emotion in your heart to just believe your way to heaven. Your faith has to have a resting place. It is a gift from God. It comes from somewhere and you don't, bring, you don't come up with it by yourself. Where does faith come from then? How is faith given to us? Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My faith has found a resting place, not in device or creed. I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. Our faith comes to rest in what God's word has to say. That is the foundation of our faith. A person who says they have faith that's based on their feelings does not have faith at all. True biblical faith, as is defined in the scripture, does not come but, by the, uh, but, but as a gift from God through you hearing the word of God. It is when I hear the word of God that I have the capability to believe in it, to exercise faith in it. And that is where faith comes from. And so I am saved by God's grace, by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the way I become an obtainer of that is when God tells me what he's done for me. And I accept it through faith, through the process of just believing what God says. I'm going to tell you something. There's some people that try to say, well, you kind of preach good works by saying people need to pray to be saved, and you need to do this, and you need to do that to get saved. And, and you know what? Um, there's a certain element of that where I do think people uh, make it a process uh, uh, of works for, for people to come trust Christ. Uh, for example, uh, some religions have, have, have taken the principles from the Bible and, and made them into steps that it's necessary for you to be saved by. They say you've got to believe and repent and, or confess and believe and repent and then you go down in the water and you come up out of the water and you're saved. You've got to be baptized. They add all of these things into salvation. But that's not what the Bible teaches here. The Bible teaches that true biblical faith is a gift from God that happens as a result of God's Spirit speaking to your heart through the Word of God. And so the way you come to salvation is through the process of faith, but it's all by the grace of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's what the Scripture conveys to us here. And so this really could then be said of anything we believe in through faith. For example, go back to Hebrews chapter 11. We're almost done here tonight. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3, it uses the same preposition. What is it? Through. All right, for by grace you're saved through faith, same type of faith.
place of uh, uh, hearing God's word and believing what God's word has to say that we believe how God says the world was created. That comes through the process of faith. The same thing happens later in the chapter with Sarah. Through faith, Sarah was enabled, enabled to conceive. Um, that's what the Bible says later on in the chapter. I think it's uh, verse, chapter, uh, verse 11 of this chapter. Uh, through faith, the Bible says, Moses led the children of Israel to practice the Passover. And the same preposition is used in the same idea that it was this process of faith that led them to believe what God had said. Okay? And uh, so that's the first concept, and that relates very closely to the second concept, which I only have a couple of minutes to convey to you, and I'll, I'll be brief on this. Um, and, and here's how I'll summarize it. When you believe through faith, it sets the platform for you to then live by faith. I told you, when you believe through faith, that determines your, be- your belief, and then your belief determines your behavior. So when you believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ through faith, that compels you to then live your life differently. For I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20 says. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I now live, what? By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul, in being converted through faith and coming to believe in what Jesus Christ had done for him through faith, said, I believe that. Now, the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His behavior was shaped by his belief. He came to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ through faith, and then he began to live his life by faith. And there is a difference between the two of them. Look at Hebrews 10 and verse 38. We looked at this before. Read the verse out loud with me. The Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. Hey, we are saved through faith in Jesus, and then we are set free because of that belief to live by faith in Jesus. And that is what we see happen the rest of this chapter, for the most of the rest of this chapter. By faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham. They came to believe in God through faith and God's word and what he had communicated to them. And when they came to believe in Jesus Christ, when they came to believe God's word, I should say, through faith, it shaped the way they lived their life. And so we see them living their life By faith and by faith, they moved mountains by faith. They went into lion's dens by faith. They built arks by faith. They did all types of crazy things that the world looks on today and says, why in the world, what in the world would compel someone to live that way? What in the world would compel someone to go through those types of things? It was their fundamental belief that they came to through faith that led them to live a life by faith in the word of God. And so we come to believe through the process of faith, taking God at his word. And when we have our belief established, that belief will determine how we live the rest of our life. 
if I believe that I am a fully forgiven child of God, that will impact how I live tomorrow. That will impact how I live today. All of a sudden, I don't walk around with guilt. I don't walk around with shame. I walk around with boldness and confidence by my faith in him. Because I have come to believe in what Jesus Christ has done for me, and now I live my life by that faith of which I have been convinced. I live my life by that faith that I have come to through believing the word of God. If you are struggling with living your life by faith, it very well may be because you have not come into genuine faith through believing God's word. You cannot have biblical faith if your faith is based on what daddy says. If your faith is based on what I say, you will have no firm, no, no solid foundation for your life. It has to be God's word, and you have to be convinced of the truth of God's word through faith, and then and only then can you live a life by faith. I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to step into the fiery furnace unless you've come to believe in God through faith, a belief that is, that is able to be tested. You're not stepping in the lion's den. You're not leaving home and going to a country you don't even know where, he's, where, where it is God's leading you like Abraham did. You're not building an ark. You're not going to go out and start preaching and saying, the end of the world is coming. There's a flood coming. What's a flood? No, that ain't happening. You cannot live by faith until you come to faith in God, or uh, you come to faith in God through believing God's word. That is the principle that we learn from the scriptures. There's so much more to this, but we're out of time tonight. And so the question for you in, in summary here tonight Hey, first off, have you come to God through the process of faith? Where are your beliefs rooted? I say this often, but sometimes I talk to people and they say, if I ask them, if I ask them what they believe, they say, well, I believe what the church believes. What does the church believe? Well, the church believes what I believe. <laughs> That's all they know about what they believe. We give a church constitution to every person that joins our church. Because if they haven't studied some principles, we want to give them a bunch of scripture and we want them to begin to understand. We take new people through discipleship because we want them to get grounded in the word. We should just say, well, that's what my church believed. No, one day you might be moved on from here, but we want you to know what you believe from God's word. Not taught as church dogma, not just taught from a pulpit or a classroom, but something that's believed in your heart something you come to believe through the process of faith in God's word and so that you can go from this place and live a life by faith in God's word that will impact every part of your life. Your family needs to see you live by faith. Your coworkers need to see you live a life by faith. And that only comes through believing the word of God. And so may we be a church that comes to believe in the truth of God's word through the process of faith so that then we can become a church who begins to, practice, begins to be a church that, that practice, practices what God has convinced us of in his word by faith.